I got a got a big butt. It's gigantic. If I'm gonna be blunt about it. And you know what? The funny thing is, I got several big butts. And, and, and before you before you discard me or, or wince at the disgusting notion of that, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and suggest that possibly you have at least one big butt as well. Yeah, you like that? Hurts a little, huh? Let me tell you something. Let me just tell you something, okay? Everybody we know has a big butt. And more often than not, it's the thing that actually gets in the way of us living a consistent life for Jesus. Yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about. But I'm going to expound a little bit, okay? See if you can recognize some of these butts. But I have to work more. But my favorite TV show is on. But my kids have practice. But i got to tweet something. But it's such a beautiful day. But I'm just not in the mood. But I deserve a break today. You see, everything kind of interferes with my life of, of just living an authentic life for God, okay? And more often than not, it always has something to do with some sort of butt, okay? Even the littlest of butt can distract me. It really can. The littlest butt can make me think, ah, I'm not going to pray today. I'm not going to think about it today. I'm not going to deny myself. I'm not going to read the Bible, blah, blah, blah. Whatever God asks me to do, I seem to have a butt for it and get away, okay? And the most horrendously big butt of all time is the butt that gets in the way of me just hanging out with God and reading His Word. True. Think about it. All the times you're about to open that, and all of a sudden the big giant butt gets in the way. A butt. Much like one of these. But I got a farm bill, but I'm tired, but the game's over, but I read last Tuesday, but I gotta check Facebook, but I don't like Leviticus, but it's too hot in here, but I, I just don't like books, but I don't understand it, but it's boring. But what does that have to do with me in the 21st century? Those are some ugly butts, people. Let's just call them what they are ugly. Ugly butts. Okay? And there's a lot more to them, sad but true. Here's a list, although not exhaustive, of some of the most popular butts known to mankind. But I don't have enough money yet. But others will think that I'm a nerd if I carry the Bible. But they won't like me if I talk about Jesus. But I don't know if God will do what I ask. But I just can't get motivated. But I'm afraid. But I don't have all the answers. But the small group was the same night as Monday Night Football. But can I just let my life speak for itself when I'm not happy? That's not my gift. That's the pastor job. But I don't know how to pray. But I can't believe that. But I don't know where to start. But everybody else is having fun. Butts abound, friends. But, 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 here a but, there a but, everywhere a but, but, okay? And, and, and the most overused but of all time, but I just don't have enough time. Really? Oh, come on, we have a lot of buts. God has given us a real simple word, okay? If we learn it, and we share it, and we teach it, and we live by it, then see, God gets glorified, people benefit, and then we get blessed. That's why we do what we do. That's the why behind the but, okay? And ultimately, that's the whole point I'm trying to make here, my fellow butt lovers, is if your butt is bigger than your why, then your butt's too big. Okay, it's time to, metaphorically speaking, snap into a Slim Jim. Okay, let's slap on some spiritual shape-ups and hit the road a little bit so we can just manage the butts a little bit. That's all we're trying to do. That's what we're talking about. Let's minimize the excuses. Let's shrink the butts. Shrink the butts. Say it with me. Shrink the butts. That's what we need to do. And you and I can do that together. We can conquer this. You and I can do it. If we start the day, okay? I know we can. Let's just do it. No ifs, ands, or... Yeah. I think you get it. All right, can anybody align themselves with any of those butts? Oh, really? We got some people in denial. Well, we have been in a series of a life series, and uh, we've been talking about practices that bring us closer to Jesus and closer to God. And so we've been talking about uh, prayers and reflection and slowing and meditation, and all those have the ability for us to make excuses and to put a butt. Well, I'm too busy. I'm too this. And mine um, is procrastination. Um, I'm too this. Oh, I'll have tomorrow. 
but I'll have tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes, and then I have tomorrow, and then everything stacks up. And so I can align myself. When I watched that video, I was like, that's me. That looks like me. It talks like me. I'm, that's me. And so what we're going to talk about tonight is um, not having the buts or not having the excuses when it comes to serving and serving others. Some of you might think, uh, I don't like talking about this when we're talking about serving others or it brings, you, brings guilty feelings or feelings of, I, I don't want to do any of that. Well, we're not going to do guilt tonight, so you can, you can relax. And I'm not going to ask you to do anything that's not in the Bible to do. What it, tonight is about, it's about engaging in a practice that helps us move closer to Jesus and helps us be a part of something bigger than ourselves. I think everyone can kind of, hey, that, that makes sense. Sometimes when we hear the word serving, we cringe and we bow up inside and we get negative. But serving is being generous. And it's a natural, it's a natural um, thing for us to not get it because it's not natural. Serving and compassion for people isn't easy. It doesn't come natural. You know what is natural though? Middle school, the way you act in middle school, that's natural. I coach middle school baseball, and it's all about them. It's all about what position they play. It's all about what attention they get. And it's more like four-year-olds. If you've ever been around four-year-olds, you don't have to convince them, you know what, sorry guys, can we cut the sharing down a little bit? Can we, can we move back a little bit? We don't need to share as much as that. When you, that's Just make sure you own your stuff first and then give it away later. Four-year-olds don't do that, do they? Serving and feeling compassion is not natural. You have to be taught it or you have to see it. Kids are selfish and they act that way. So do you and so do I. We learn to serve. We learn to be generous with our time. This value, this virtue, it's not natural. It's taught. We learn. I'm very lucky. I grew up in a house um, that serving was taught. It wasn't... It wasn't they, my parents didn't sit down and say, you know what, these are the ten verses that, um, about serving. This is what Jesus said about serving. They, um, they lived it out. And... Uh, they both worked. They both volunteered at church. My mom volunteered at church doing the Iwana program. I don't know if you guys know that. It's a, it's a kid's program where you memorize scripture and then you run around in circles to waste energy and then they feed you more cookies. It's a, it's a really cool program. My dad helped with that too. He ran games and things like that. My mom always was, was creating environments. She would um, always be asked to decorate um, in you know whatever a cafeteria was or some kind of event to make it look pretty or she was always preparing food um, or making blankets for needy children, or um, the one that I remember the most that made the biggest impact in my life was uh, I was in middle school, and um, I was playing basketball, and a lot of my friends uh, were females who were playing volleyball, and they did the cheering for the basketball, and we had church on Wednesday nights. And so my youth pastor challenged us to, to reach out to people and to bring people to church. And I went to my parents and I said, I'd love to bring the volleyball team, the basketball team, and my basketball team to church. How do we, how do, we do that? Without, without any movement, they, 
said, this is what we're going to do. They went and got the church van and they um, brought it to the school, picked us all up. And then my mom created food for that many people. I think it was like 30 or 40 people. I don't know, it was ridiculous. The house was full and fed them and then took us all to church. Crazy. I still don't understand why you do that, mom. Um, my dad, my dad, I remember my dad working, fixing projects, um, working, being an usher in the church and, and helping people with their cars and doing all that kind of stuff. The one that most meant to me, the one that I'm carrying out the most is, I remember he worked, he was an aircraft um, mechanic. He worked, he was in the Air Force and he worked out on the flight line. Hot, hot is before they had the coverings on all the aircraft. And he would come home and he, if you see him now, um, he's very m- more pale skinned than he has him. And he was so dark because he was out in the sun the whole time. And he'd come home and he'd change his clothes and he would take me to baseball practice. Not just take me and then sit there. He was the coach. He coached me since I was nine until I was 14. And those moments are huge. As seeing my parents do that, seeing my parents sacrifice that time and energy, I was demonstrated, and I was taught how to serve. They're both retired now. Wow, retirement. I cannot wait. But they still serve. They serve here to Elements. They're here tonight. My dad drove the trailer. My mom makes um, whatever my brain can concoct with tablecloths, or they help take food to John B. Wright. They, they, whatever project they are wanting or that we want to do, they're there helping. I was taught to serve. When we are taught to serve, it doesn't just last for that moment. It has ripple effects. It goes on for generations and generations. Now that I've been taught to serve, I get to teach my kids how to serve. And I understand what serving is because I've, been, I've seen it. Serving lasts longer than just this moment or the moment that you get the task done. Jesus spent his short time on earth teaching others how to serve. He washed the disciples' feet and he died, he dried them with a cloth and wrap, that he wrapped un, from underneath from over him. In John 13, 14, John 13, 14 through 15, it says this Now that I, your Lord teacher, have washed your feet. You also wash the feet, another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. He took time out in the busyness of who he was. Remember, we talked about that. Don't live the hurried life. You can be busy, but don't be hurried. He took time to talk to kids. He took time to talk to tax collectors. No one wanted to talk to tax collectors because they owed, you know, they would ask for money. He talked to prostitutes. People constantly, constantly were wanting something from him. He fed 5,000 people that had nothing. And he provided a meal for them. In Matthew twenty twenty eight, it says this, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. The heartbeat of the New Testament, the heartbeat of Jesus, the heartbeat of everything that Jesus is about is is that God is extravagant. God's extravagant generosity 
towards us compels us not to check a box, not to be guilty, but compels us to extravagantly be generous towards others. Why should we serve? Why should we be generous with our time and our money? Because God did it for us. The driving force, if you're a Christian or you're just coming back into a relationship with Jesus, the driving force behind a Christian's behavior and the driving force behind everyone should be doing is what God has done for us and towards us in Christ Jesus. What God has done for us and towards us in Christ. We are to do unto others as our Heavenly Father has done unto us. This isn't about a virtue. This isn't about being fair. This isn't about being nice. Our generosity and our being a servant, have a servant heart, as a Christian, should flow out of the normal things that we do. For what we, who we serve and who serves us is so much bigger. Because God, in Christ, has done so much for us. Let's look at Philippians They'll be up in the verse behind me too, but in Philippians 2. Philippians 2, 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Let me read that again. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. I don't know about you, But that verse stinks. How do you do that? Do nothing out of selfish ambition. I'm out. I'm done. Because I have have threads of selfishness in me. That I do certain things because I, I want to do it. But it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or in vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourself. I remember, um, anybody been to a really nice hotel? I mean, not like, not like uh, Hampton Suites. I'm talking where there's robes in the closet. Like the puffy ones, you know? And you're like, hmm, should I wear that or should I not? I don't know. I, I should. You, you like debate it back and forth? But when you check into those types of hotels, they, well, how are you doing, sir? I'm here to please you, sir. What can I do for you? How can I help you? And I'm like, wow, this, wow. They use the word sir. I've never been called that before. You know, and, and they treat you. They're, they're saying, they're not saying that they are, are less valuable than you, but they're treating me like I have value, right? Because I'm giving them a credit card and they're, they're customer service. They're treating me like I have value. So if you've been in customer service, you know that that's what customer service is all about. Is it a hotel or wherever? If you are sharing and adding value to someone or giving them value, they'll tell their friends and they'll tell people to come back. But if, if, you, if we don't, if we point the finger and we boss them around and we're, we're ridiculous and they don't respond that way and we don't add value, do you think they'll come back? Paul is not saying other people are more valuable than you. He's saying treat people like they are more 
valuable because you have been treated that way by Jesus. Let's read verse 4. These little tabs. Fat little fingers, thin pages. All right. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Just a little side note. If you are in a marriage, a relationship, if you're a kid or, or you're in a family relationship, these, this is a money verse for you. This is a money verse for you. Let me read it again. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. I can tell you, guys, if you're in a marriage relationship, if you are more interested in what you're about and you never ask what your wife's about, you will reap the consequences of that. I won't say anything more. But... You children, if you, if you are always about you and you never ask your dad how his day was, if you never really gave him a cold water when he came in and said, hey, dad, how was your day? You'll reap the consequences of that. But if we, out of interest, add value to people by asking what they're interested in and really listening, not just listening to manipulate, but listening about who they're about and what they're interested in. You've been in conversations where you've been kind of fumbling around and all of a sudden you hit a topic that the person came alive because that's something that interests them. It's a game changer in marriage, in your family, and in your parenting. When people put interesting things or talk about interesting things that you're about opens up. You show interest in others, you can gain influence with others to show them who Jesus is and to reflect Jesus with them when you show that you're interested in them. Verse 5. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In your relationship with others, have the same mindset as Jesus. And then in 6, it says, Who being in the nature of God, did not consider equality God something to be used on his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being founded in the appearance of man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. He came and he showed us how to serve. He added value to us. And our life needs to reflect Him. And so we need to have the same mindset that Jesus did, is going out and raising the standard on how we want to reflect Jesus. We want people to look up and know that there is a God that loves them. And a Savior that paid for their brokenness and their sin. And the way that they do that is they look at us. They will only know if we are present. They'll only know if we have our if we're compassionate. They'll only know if we're generous. 
and if we have a servant heart. Because all those are unusual. Just think about your workplace. Think about your family. Those are unusual behaviors for the most part. Compassion, generosity, and a servant heart. It's because unusual behavior of serving and treating others, that flows out of recognizing who God is and what He's done in our lives. Farther down in in Philippians, in verse 15, it says this, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault and wrapped in a crooked generation, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Then you will shine among them like stars in the skies. In that scripture, it says them. And in the them, it talks about they were a selfish culture, a self-absorbed culture. And they didn't care about widows and orphans. They just, they just wanted what they wanted. Could we extrapolate that to today's times also? That was in the first century. Selfish, self-absorbed. They didn't care about widows and orphans. And I think we can look at the news and, and we know people and us ourselves fit into those categories. But what Paul's saying is, when you live differently, you will shine like the stars in the sky. You guys ever been out, get out of the city, you've been out in Reddington Pass or on Mount Lemon and the, and the skies are down and, and all of a sudden, the light, the sky lights up. Beloved camping and you just lay out on the, on the ground and you can just see the stars and they twinkle and it lights everything up. That's how we can be when we take on the unusual behavior of serving others, loving others, helping others, and treating them like they are valued. We will get their attention and we will be able to show them Jesus by the way we serve them and by the way we live and by the way we act. That's what we want at Element City Church, is to be a church that serves our community around us and pushing against the normal behaviors of selfishness, the laissez-faire of attitudes like, I don't want to help anybody, and doing it alongside each other so that we can reflect Jesus. We want elements to serve others because it is so ingrained in our culture here at our church so that the outflowing of who Jesus is, our love for Jesus, because we recognize that God loved us first. Pretty simple. Jesus came, served His disciples, served His people, died on the cross for us in our own brokenness, in our own sin, then has called us, has given the privilege to us to walk that out, to be His A-team here on the earth, wanting to serve and love others. Again, some of you may be struggling with this. You, you don't serve 
You don't serve her at church. You don't serve in the community. And for the most part, you're like, I'm all about myself. Which is, that's maybe you haven't had an opportunity that you got to be taught how to serve. And so, it's, it's not just one big step. It's a little experiment here, a little experiment there, a little, a little trial, a little error, a little failure, a little go. Keep on going until you feel like you can serve. Because that's what it's all about. Is if we are passing judgment and we're not loving well and we're not serving our community, our friends well, then why would they want what we have? Why would they want what we have? And so, we have some, some things that we are going to challenge you on. I'm going to talk three or four different things right now. And these are some things that are long-term, things that are medium-term, and then some things that are immediate. Which one do you guys want me to start with? We're going to start with the long-term. I didn't give you an option. Sorry. So we are going to we are going to try something we've never done this before. July 26th. So in a couple months, July 26th, we're going to come into the auditorium. We're going to sing a couple songs. We're going to get excited, and then we are going to go on this campus, and we are going to scrape gum off the concrete. We're going to dust the library. We're going to flower gardening beds in the um, in the in the bed back here between the buildings, and we're going to serve this school on the same amount of time that we're here. Is anybody for that? So that's what we're going to do. July 26th, we'll get more information, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to, it's going to be a serve Sunday. We're going to say, you know what? We're going to put our actions and our energies and our elbow grease to what we believe and how we love this. And that is actually the week right before school starts. And so we are going to help um, really put some rock out here. There's so many projects. We're going to power wash the gum off. We're going to power wash the buildings. We're going to do, we're going to spruce up the school so the kids coming back know that we care about them. And uh, it doesn't matter if we get credit or not. We're just going to work hard and have a blast doing that. So put that on your calendar. That's July 26th. We're actually going to paint too. Does anybody of you guys like painting? Not just your nails. Dun-dun-dun. We also, we've been, um, we've been doing a backpack drive for John B. Wright. And so that was been very successful. This is a little bit going over more about it. We'll do it this summer. Um, their enrollment at John B. Wright went sky high. I think, uh, Jack just talked to you, Christian, the principal there at John B. Wright. And there is 460 kids enrolled there for the fall. There was little under um, 400 last year. And so we've, we've committed and we've said that, you know what? Element City Church with some other church partners, we are going to provide a backpack and supplies for every single child that goes to John B. Wright. Yes, you can clap on that. And so... When, when Jack and I talk about that, that's what we're going to do. And we're going we're gonna to go and co- combine the doing stuff here at Catalina and then also doing those backpacks for John B. Wright so that we are showing, we are showing our community that we care about them. Um, tonight, remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about the Compassion Kids. 
We have a we have an arm in Ecuador now. It's a church that the three of the church started with Pantana Christian Church, ourselves, and Move City Church. And there's compassion kids that have been been interviewed that need financial help. And by you giving thirty eight dollars a day helps them with education, helps them with food, and helps them with clothing. And those are at, there's twenty I think there's twenty to twenty five of them outside on a table right outside the door, ready for you to take and to, to, to sponsor a child. Element City Church is sponsoring a child as a whole church. The E Kids, I think the E Kids are doing that. And they're they're saying, you know what, we're gonna take care of another kid just like us. And we're gonna live we're gonna live out and take care of this kid because th- we are way fortunate and more fortunate than this kid. And so we're gonna their kids are gonna raise money for their, for that thirty eight dollars. And so if you have been praying about it and you know, hey, you know what, I want to reach out um, to, to take care of a child in Ecuador. Um, and Ecuador is really close. You could go visit them someday. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend that. So that's, so those are, those are some steps. Okay. Some of it's a little financial, right? You're writing letters to kid in Ecuador. Some of it's going to take a little bit more requirement. You know, Hey, I'm going to have to get not dressed up on Sunday and I'm going to have to wear some grubby clothes and I'm going to have to get on my hands and knees and script gum off. Those are less, you know, those are less commitment. What I'm going to challenge you in on this is most of you, there might be some new people here that are visiting us for the first time tonight. Thank you for coming. And I really appreciate this. But you're going to hear a little bit of the heartbeat of elements. The heartbeat of elements is that we are a volunteer driven church. We're a volunteers coming together to create a space so that people can worship and find who Jesus is. And we want to invite them into a life giving, life changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we do that on a very, very short budget. But that's awesome because the volunteers that we have are amazing. And they volunteer not because they're getting so much out of it, but in return they do. They get friendships. They get to meet new people. And they get to, to be excited that they get to prepare a place for our Lord and Savior. And so my challenge to you is this. If you are not serving somewhere currently inside Element City Church, there's cards on every, every chair or handle that one or other. Grab that card right now. Grab that card right now. It says, count me interested. Count me interested. And you can flip it over, and there's a place for your name, a place for your email, and a place for your phone number. And what I'm asking, this isn't a contract by any means. Like, if you put your name or check a box, this isn't like you have to show up next week. But what we, we ask and what we think is, is appropriate is that you give one hour. One hour a month. I think if some of you guys could, you know, maybe check the DVR I won't go there. But one hour a month that you serve in one of these teams or in some area in Element City Church. And that's what the final challenge is to you, is let's participate in serving God's community and furthering God's kingdom. We have the July 26th. We have Ecuador. We have the backpack drive that's coming. 
But on a week-to-week basis, one hour a month, I'm asking that you just pick one or two things that you, you know what, I could do that one hour a month. And you know what that will say? It'll, it, it will be huge. It'll be huge for us as, as the teams, as we gather more people to, to share the load. It'll be great for you to get to know people at a different level. Because we have fun when we set up. It's, it's, a, it's pretty fun. Well, thank you. Thank you, guys. You're on next week anyway. Sorry. So what I want you to do with these is there might, if you have pens, fill them out now. If not, I want you to um, either drop them in the offering piece or take them to the hub. And we are going to be calling you and, and letting you know, hey, this is where you could help. Because that's what it means, is Jesus came, he died on the cross for us, he served us. He didn't come and just said, you know what, just serve me and I'm not going to give anything in return. He gave his life for us. And so, as we go into this time of communion, I just want you to think about the buts that you've put out with people, with the process of engaging in other relationships, the butts of, I don't have enough time. Let's see God explode in Tucson through Element City Church and through our relationships as we serve and show people that He is the God of all gods. And we can do that if we serve them in a powerful way. Coming together as a church, lifting them up, and saying, you know what? This one's mine. And serving in a way that reflects well to our community and reflects well to everyone around us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much of the example that you give us, how you washed your disciples' feet, how you just so leveraged of all the power, all the energy of who you are. And you washed the feet of your disciples. Lord, and said, now do it unto to us. And Lord, we have lived that tradition out. Someone has served us and helped us understand who you are and helped and taught us how to serve. And Lord, I I ask that you show Element City Church how to serve Tucson in a powerful way. Lord, I ask you to serve Tucson in in a magnificent way, that you get all the credit, that you get all the glory. Lord, that we can move closer to you as we put down our selfishness, put down our pride, and that we find ways to serve people around. Just taking one little step. One step closer to you. And Lord, thank you that you saved us. And Lord, help us burn in our hearts and hunger deep in us of ways that we can serve not just the ones that are easy, not the ones that just come that is easy to serve, but the ones that are hard, the ones that smell, the ones that have mental issues, the ones that have all these issues, Lord, they still need you. And Lord, let us extend your love and your grace and your mercy in your power to those people who need you. Lord, 
ignite in us, prepare in us, and show us how we can serve those around us.